0: Thank you for tuning into our podcast. We hope that you enjoy this message. You are welcome to visit us at 1800 Apostle Johnson Way in Annapolis, Maryland, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And be sure to check us out at www.thefcca.org. Amen, First Christian. If you could turn in your Bible to Matthew 19, Verses 16 through 22, very familiar passage. Matthew 19, verse 16 through 22. As we continue in our series about finances, we thank Pastor DeCosta for telling us about putting together the plan. We thank Pastor Queen for telling us about giving all that we have. Even if it comes to the last two mites. And then today, God's going to talk to us about the overflow. Matthew 19, verse 16 through 22. And I'll be reading to you from the New International Version. And the word reads this way. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied, There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Well, which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, you should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. I'd like to speak to you today from the topic, a question of faith a question of faith you may be seated let us pray dear heavenly father i come to you standing behind your cross i ask father that you will take me out of the way and allow your holy spirit to preach his word to your people that we may learn father god what it is that you expect from us when we have much these are the blessings we're asking your son Christ Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've been talking with you over these past couple of weeks, making sure that God's people um, are either reminded or introduced to the principles of money. Um, As Pastor Queen often says, that's a touchy subject sometimes, but you got to talk about it whether it's in church, whether it's with your own family, you always get an idea on how much money is a key part of something, especially when trials happen. Because truth be told, a lot of us don't plan for everything. And it's when those things happen in our lives that we realize, okay, what am I really gonna put my faith in? Because it's easy to believe in God when everything's going well. It's really easy when nobody's asking you for anything. What happens when the trials come? Is it really easy to have faith in money or faith in God for that? And I was thinking about this movie called A Question of Faith, uh, one of those B movies you might not see it highlighted as cinema mark, but I encourage you to go rent it if you get a chance. Um, in this movie, A Question of Faith, there's three families that find themselves at a crossword, questioning their faith and the God that guides their lives. And as each family member deals with their issues, their worlds start to intertwine. This leads to a chain of events which unknowingly brings these three families actually closer together. But the key is, will these families give in to the loss, pain, and uncertainty that has shattered their lives? Or will they find the tie that binds them all together through faith, trust, redemption, and goodwill? You see, there's one of the dads in the movie that's living a life that seems to reflect a belief in God. because He's a pastor in the movie. But then there's also a part of him that's looking at what can this money do as we expand this church. And again, there's nothing wrong with money. And there's nothing wrong with trying to expand the church. But when you get tied up into going to all these different meetings, and all the meetings are just about the money and expanding the church, he finds himself being distracted from things that's going on in the family. And then there's another dad in the movie who skipped way past the belief of God. And he goes straight to the thought process of how much money can my daughter make for me? if she starts this career of singing. Very interesting movie. Now, both of these men have a similar mindset if you think about it, to the rich young ruler. They can't imagine life without the money that they need to do some things. And then they find themselves worshiping the power of money instead of the powerful one that lent them the money. In one moment, God allows them to go through a crisis that's going to question their loyalty to the gift or the gift giver. Why, because money must either be controlled or it will control us. It is a sad thing when our possessions begin to possess us. The rich young ruler found himself with the same question. Will he put his faith in God Or would he keep his faith in the money? Today, God is asking us the same question. But the key is, will we respond the way that God wants us to respond? Or will we respond the way the rich young ruler responded? The first thing that God wants us to know on today is simply this. Those who crave money are tempted the most to love it. Those who crave money are tempted the most to love it. And why is that? Because money has a funny way of finding out who's all in for him. He just knows. He sets little traps. He allows you just to live your life. And I don't care who you are from three years old to 93 you find out in your life real soon how important money is on this earth. And again, there's nothing wrong with money because we need money to bless the community, to bless schools like Annapolis Middle and MacArthur and Bates. But the key is do we let the money get so focused in our lives that we lose focus on what God wants us to do? But what God wants us to realize is that we disarm the power of money by simply giving it away. The act of giving reminds us that we live by the grace of God. And then the last thing in there is giving offers us a way to express confidence that God will take care of us and not just the money. There's a lot of different examples of this, and one that came to my mind was one of the Prince George's County execs back in the day. The man should be known as one of the behind the scenes architects of what we now celebrate as the National Harbor. But unfortunately, the Executive Johnson is known for bribery kickbacks. Setting up a board to manage funds that really wasn't even a board at all. And it's really sad. Because not only did he go down, but his wife went down. And it's so embarrassing because the authorities had recorded them to gather the evidence. And you can hear on the recording the wife pleading to the husband, what do I do? They're coming through the house. And even then, you just see how deep this man is for his love for money because he tells her to do what she can to hide what she has. Talking about the love of money. I think sometimes we just don't really understand just how powerful this thing is, because sometimes we look at it as we don't have a whole lot. So that's those other people's problem. But I would tell you that we all have a problem with money. Regardless of if you think you have enough or not, it still causes challenges amongst all of us. And I think the simplest way to think about it is the commercial about my man, Mayhem. I love that commercial. Because mayhem shows up in all the simplest ways. Wrecking havoc. You don't even know he's there. And then what mayhem does, just like the love of money, causes confusion, tragedy, craziness. And right in the midst of all of the mayhem, after you're looking like a fool, after you left to pick up the pieces, Mayhem is just like the love of money. He just shakes it off and goes on to the next family. That's what the love of money does to us. It messes up everything around us. Proverbs twenty-two-one says it this way. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. Even back then, God knew that we would have a problem with money. But the key is, are we doing what we can to make sure we understand God's principles so we can take care of the money? The second thing God wants us to know is simply this. Those who love money fall to things that keep them from Christ. Those who love money fall to things that keep them from Christ. That was the problem with the rich young ruler. He thought he wanted eternal life. He thought he wanted favor. But when he asked the question, I'm not sure if he was ready for the answer. But the key is, a lot of us have these rich young ruler moments. So we think because we're not rich that we want to be rich, And we've always answered the question the right way. But I would say that some of us have been in the rich young ruler's situation. Why? Because God comes to all of us at a certain time. And he will ask us what's really in our heart. And especially when there's trials going on. But the key is we must see past the obstacles and the trials and focus on what God is trying to teach us at that very moment. You see, God writes opportunity on one side of the door and then responsibility on the other. And then tough times and big decisions are opportunities really for God to grow our faith. It's always interesting when you're going through a trial, especially something... Where you're trying to leave one thing and go to the next. And you always hear people say, well, you know, God's going to close one door and open up another. But you know what they don't tell you? The distance between that closed door and that open door sometimes is a little bit longer than what we want to happen in our lives. It's just the truth. When we read that passage or hear that from people, we think that, oh, as soon as I come through that door, boom, there's the blessing. And I don't know about you, but for me, it just doesn't work like that. It seems like the distance between the closed door and the open door goes a month, six months, sometimes even a year. And we're still trying to figure out when this door is going to open. And that's being truthful. Even as I was preparing this passage, I thought about when I was getting out of the army. 20 years, never had to worry about a check. Never had to worry about paid vacation. Whether I showed up to work or not, Uncle Sam paid me every month. It's amazing how for 20 years, your faith can be real stable when your money's not funny. We're just being real. Talking about rich young ruler moments. But I never forget February 28, 2005, the day I was gonna retire. You see, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm gonna retire on February 28th, Friday at, I think it was like 11 a.m. For a second. And then on 3 March, 2005, I thought I'd be walking into my new job. But how many people know that sometimes it don't work like that when it comes to money? See, I can be real with you. See, my prayer on the outside was, the Lord will provide. But the concern on the inside was, Lord, I need this job. (laughs) Because although the choir is singing it as well, BGE don't know that song. It's the truth. And they may even have Christians that work at Comcast. But even those Christians will tell you that, I know that the school system and all the assignments go on Wi-Fi, but you gotta pay this bill. I will give you the phone number of somebody you can talk to in another department. But that's all I can do for you. See, when we see the rich young ruler, we always picture that somebody has so much to give and couldn't give just a little bit. But I tell you, all of us have had rich young ruler moments. But the key that God is trying to ask us is, what are you going to do? When he comes and says, will you follow me? So we always think it's just about being a Christian, working at a church, giving money to a school. But it's deeper than that. God wants everything that we have to be in a position to give it to those who need it. Whether you think you make a lot or a little, because the truth is it all belongs to God anyway. So just what if God is testing all of us with the funds that we have? And maybe I don't have my breakthrough for my new job because I didn't do a good job with the last job. See, we're so quick to blame the devil, but it might be us. Talking about rich young ruler moments. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says it this way. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied, especially with their income. The last thing that God wants us to know about on today is simply this. Those who reject Christ for money refuse the blessings that come with him. Those who Reject Christ for money. Refuse the blessings that come with him. See, that was the problem that I had when I retired. I knew about the concept of tithing. I knew about God. I know he came through so many different times. But at that time, I needed a fresh testimony. Sometimes we sell the same old testimony over and over what happened to me back in 1966 and 1978. But where are those fresh testimonies? When is that time where God did something for you lately? And that's what God had to teach me. It was really a rich young ruler moment because he knew in my heart when I retired, like, are you really following me? Are you following the job? Do you have more faith that I can give you a new job? Or do you have more faith in the income that came with the job? See, that was a rich, young, ruler moment. Had nothing to do with the devil. It was all on me and my response to God. That's what he's asking you today. What is it that you really have your faith in? Is it in God because things are going well? But then as soon as something turns, The truth comes out on what we really worship, what's really our idol. See, this is a tough message to swallow because it makes us look in the mirror. But that's what God wants us to do on today. God needs all of us to look in the mirror, reassess where we are in our lives, no matter where we are, go back to our households, and let's either A, get this thing right, Or if you're on the right track, continue doing well. Because the key is we're going to be tested with money for the rest of our lives. But see, we have to understand that it's easy to misunderstand the plan of grace, especially when we're distracted. That's the problem with the rich young ruler. He didn't understand the plan of grace. That's why he asked the Lord, what do I need to do What do I need to do? See, it's not enough to know the commandments. We must keep them. And the rich young ruler, he was bold. Because only did he ask the Lord what he needed to do. The Lord told him some of the commandments. But just like some of our kids and some of us when we were younger, we just told him a lie right in his face. He said, I've kept all of those. He said he never lied. But he was lying right there. He said, I did those other things. But he found out he never really did it. And I think that's how some of us are. We know the commandments, we can recite the commandments, but are we really living by it? Or are we getting so deep that we try to get spiritual with and say, well, Lord, you know, Pastor Durrell, I'm under grace. And by me being under grace in the New Testament, I'm immune from the Old Testament sayings. Don't fool yourself. Yes, we might be under grace, but God still expects us to manage our money the right way. My wife was telling me how she went to go visit a friend and just happened to be talking about money and things like that. And it just gave such a great analogy. And what she said was, remember this, when God blesses us, and especially when we're following him and money is not the true love, we get an abundance. We get an overflow. And I love how they said it. Why do we get the overflow? And they said the overflow is because, one, we get the regular blessing to take care of us. But the overflow is to take care of everybody else. So if I don't do what I'm supposed to do to get the regular blessing, I'm also blocking the blessing of everybody else who should be getting the overflow. That's why this rich young ruler syndrome is so important. Because the money that you have, God expects you to manage it well. But not manage it according to what you want to do, but manage it according to what the kingdom expects you to do. It's a tough teaching. But we got to swallow it because all medicine don't taste good, but it does good. And today, God is telling us, I need you to understand finances. Don't be afraid to have money, but also don't let the enemy trick you into loving the money. You see, it's not too late to recognize Jesus as Lord. And God has blessed us today that we don't have to walk away. That's one of the saddest things about the rich young ruler. Because some people say, well, he's all right. Because he has plenty of money. He has plenty of stature. He has power in the community. But if he had all those things, why would he ask Jesus the question in the first place? Maybe that's for some of us. On the outside, it looks like we have it going on but on the inside, we know that we're lacking something. And sometimes that lacking is not because God hasn't blessed us, but it's because we haven't blessed those who we're supposed to bless with the blessing that God gave us. It's hard for that thing to come out sometimes because I know how it is. You have children, you got field trips, you got supplies, you got school clothes, Life happens, and sometimes that crosses over into our spiritual lives. But God is telling us today, I need you to refocus. I need you to make sure you don't fall into the rich young ruler syndrome. I need you to say, focus on me. Don't look at those waves that's going back and forth and blowing you back and forth. I need you to look straight ahead and focus on me. Because when you focus on me, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to provide for you. But I don't want you to think that the money is what got you through. Because that's what we do. That was the problem of the rich young ruler. As long as he had the money, he was okay. He could not imagine a life where he was not worshiping his money and worshiping God. He couldn't see it. But the truth be told, some of us can't see it either. How do I know? Because that's why we look at Pastor Queen Sideways when you talk about money. (laughs) See, that's a rich young ruler syndrome. Why is this man asking me to give money to a school that my kids don't even go to? It ain't about your kids. And the truth be told, it's not your money. God has lent you the money to do something greater with it. I would tell you that those of you that don't show up for the meeting for the IAF just may be hindering a blessing from your own family. Oh, Pastor Darrell, what are you talking about? I don't have no kids that live in Anne County. It's just me. My kids are gone. But what happens when you get older and your kids turn your back on you now you're forced with assisted living, but you can't be put into a place because the rules, the laws don't allow you to go in those places. See, that's what God is trying to teach us. Get it right now, so you don't have to be put in those situations. No, it may not be blessing to the point where we see it today, but I would believe to say that 20 years from now, your very own grandkids will be blessed Simply because of the movement from an IAF 20 years ago. Because that's how God does things. He doesn't just bless the here and now. He blesses the future. How do I know that? Because the rich young ruler was asked the same question that Abraham was asked. Isn't that something? People say, Pastor well, I can't, mm-mm. I can't answer that type of question because I got too much. Why would God even ask me that? But he asked Abraham, get rid of everything. Follow me. Abraham could have did exactly what the rich young roller did. God, I'm not down with that. How am I tell my wife we got to (laughs) move? She got a good job. The sheep are plenty. I'm respected in the community. And you want me to go to a foreign place in a foreign land? But that's what God asked him. Here's what I mean about the IAF piece. By Abraham answering it the right way. And this is not me. This is the Bible saying it. Not only was Abraham blessed, but his people were blessed. His family was blessed. Generations after generations after generations were blessed. That's why it's so important to get this money thing right. It's not even about you, but it's about the generations coming past you. We got to get this thing right. As I closed, remember that we don't know what idols we worship, especially when it comes to money. Until Jesus knocks on our door and says, I want it. The only difference really between the rich young ruler and Abraham is just the way that Abraham answered the question. It wasn't nothing real spiritual. It wasn't nothing real deep. It was basically a question of faith. Today, God is asking us the same question, first Christian. What will you do when I ask you to follow me? When I ask you to trust me instead of the money? When I ask you to trust my plan when you can't see my plan? Will you have the faith to step out in holy boldness? Because if you do it, I'm going to bless you. If you don't do it, you're going to find more trial than you're supposed to have, but because of my mercy, I'm still going to be standing by to bless you anyway. But that's the question that God has for all of us. God bless you, First Christian. <clears throat> As the counselors come forward, and our choir blesses us, we are at a critical moment in our lives. If you'll just please stand, because right now God is asking you the same question that he asked a rich young ruler. That's what's so great about God's kingdom. He doesn't ask you one time and then once you say the wrong answer or fail the test, that's it. He continues to reach out to all of us as children because he wants us to be in a better place. If there's anybody here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, we ask that you will look inside your heart. Come forward, pray. Allow God to be the ruler of your life and not the idols. Whether it's money, power, positions. Only you know what's in your heart. And today God is saying, I want you to replace that with me. Will you?